Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello folks, it's David here and I would just like to take a moment to ask you to go and check out our sponsors NordVPN. Internet security, very important. I'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well. Me, I like to know that I'm the person in control of my data. I live on my phone and the amount of stuff I do on it from banking to documents to private messaging, I need to know is secure. We all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and try and spend our money for us. NordVPN prevents that, especially if you're using public Wi-Fis or you're using Wi-Fis away from your home. If you use NordVPN, you are safe and protected. It also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required. It's a brilliant product. I use it every day and highly recommend it. And you can get a tremendous offer if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand that's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your nordvpn plan you'll also get one additional month for free risk free with nord it's 30 day back money uh, 30 day money back guarantee so all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back so go and check them out as i say it's very important you'll get peace of mind Go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar and I am your host as always. I'm delighted this week to be joined by two of my very favourite people. First of all, the Derby loyal himself, it's James Tessier. Good evening, Tess. Hello my friend, how are you? I'm alright. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> you took me a surprise on that one there. Uh, also joining us tonight is none other than the lovely Caroline Morrison. Good evening, Caroline. Hi, David. Hi, James. Happy Valentine's Day to you both. 
Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Valentine's Day, of course, uh, especially this one, has different connotations for us Rangers fans. We'll talk about that later. But uh, first things first, let's uh, talk about where we are today in 2022. And where we are is in the next round of the Cup. No real surprise, of course. We went to Annan. Hugely changed team. Uh, I mean, I expected five or six. Didn't expect 11 changes, um, but that's what we got. And to be fair to the manager, Caroline, he, he was spot on because Rangers went and did it incredibly professionally. The game was done after, what, 35, 40 minutes. Um, just what you're after in one of these matches, although the weather left a lot to be desired. Yeah, the weather made things difficult, even watching at home. So I can't imagine how awful it was <laughs> for the people in the stands and, of course, the, the players trying to play some decent football in those conditions. Um, but you're right, I think the, the plan, which was executed perfectly, was to go out there and make sure in the first half we could kind of kill it off, get some of the fringe and young players to be able to come on um, in the second half and get some minutes as well, and from a can able to make his debut. So, yeah, it's it's one where it's not a glamour tie. Um, it should be straightforward. You want to make sure that there's no upset, uh, but the, the most important thing is getting to that next round and making sure that for us key players like Ramsey and Hollander who are, you know, coming back from injuries, get some proper time under their belts. Yeah, Tess, I mean, Philip Hollander, good God, it was good to see him back. Um, and while, you know, 60 minutes against Annan, with all due respect, is, is not going to uh, tell us where he is for the rest of the season. You know, he'll need more minutes, obviously, before we can reasonably expect him to get back to his, uh, his best. But we've missed him a great deal because not only does Philip Hollander have the the excellent habit of playing well. He has the the almost even better one of making others around him play well, I feel. It, yeah, it, it was one of a number of positives on Saturday Hallander was. I think also what we saw is um, his danger from set pieces. Obviously, right before his goal, uh, it was his header that won the quarter that led to it. So, you know, that, that that's something we've been missing for a while. So it, it, it was great to see him back on the pitch. It's great to see him complete an hour. Again, it was. I think Saturday that there were there were so many positive summit. Obviously, the weather wasn't one of them, but everything about it, it was just, it was professional. You know, the the attitude was spot on. Players got minutes. Youngsters came in. But I think the 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 main two for everybody was obviously seeing Ramsey get his first start and seeing Hander come back since. Um, is it September's been out since? And yeah. you're right, mate. We 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 have really missed him at times this season. I think there's just a composure about him. I think that he's just somebody who inspires confidence in other players around him, which he's unflappable, he's he's good. I mean, that helps. But uh, you saw uh, even at the weekend the danger that he can pose in the opposition box. He, he almost scored and then he did score. Uh, and that really, you know, helps, just settles the... The, the nerves and more importantly I think settles the opposition and they think ah right and Rangers would, would go in and play some decent stuff in some fairly horrible conditions as you mentioned Caroline it's a plastic pitch uh, it really was blowing a gale force and the wind was just coming down and it looked like sheets and the players kept playing football they, they opened up they, they they added a second through Kamar Roof nice turn and finish and then Fashion Sakala I, I think he meant it well, I don't, but it's fashion, so I'm going to go with it. You have to take his word for it, right? Of course, I mean, he, yeah. would, he would never lie to us. <laughs> Anyone that's a car. Not, not a fashion. 
No, I'm no. Rushed, no. Um, <laughs> but you know, you, it's making things happen. It's being in those positions. You you take the wee bit of luck when it comes, and and that was the tie done. And at that point, the motivation I think is the key thing for me. One of the things that that I thought was was quite joyous was Aaron Ramsey's joy at playing football. It wasn't you know. It wouldn't have been forgivable, but it would be understandable if a guy at his level in the game might have looked on Anne in a way in the conditions and going, nah, I don't fancy this. But he loved it. And I think, you know, that, that did help set the tone for the rest of the side. Definitely. If you've got a professional of his stature who is enjoying and really applying himself in a game like that, then it, it absolutely sets the tone for everyone else. And he did. And afterwards, I really liked his tweet where he kind of you know, talked about playing under the lights at their stadium and how much he enjoyed just playing again. I think for someone like Ramsey, who's had frustrating spells all throughout his career of injury, there's nothing he wants more than just to be able to play football. And it's, yeah, not necessarily the the stadium he'll be talking about in years to come to his grandkids, but nevertheless, it's him on that journey back to, to playing proper football. And, you know, if he can hopefully do a job for us between now and the end of the season and also um, with an international and eye on, on those games coming up he'll absolutely be be looking for it and to touch on your point earlier the goals were good and um, Sakala his goal was, was stunning and I like that Annan kind of credited him for for meaning to to kind of take a shot whether he did or he didn't um, it was a beautiful goal what I liked most, though, my favourite goal was, or part of that goal, was the work up from Ahmad. I mean, the, the ball that he passed through to Sakala was absolutely stunning. And we got to see a little more from him in that game and kind of get a feel for what he might bring for us between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I think his link-up play in and around the box was quite impressive. And that was something in the second half that, that I quite enjoyed. I know that, that some fans were a little disappointed Rangers didn't go on and, and run up a cricket score. I think that if you look at the side that finishes that match, that's not a Rangers team you're ever going to see again. So fluency is is difficult. And again, it's, you know, managers at that point say, don't get injured, don't get booked. You know, that, that those are the key things in the end of the game. Yeah, get more goals if you can, but, but I don't want to be leaving here having lost someone. And the the important thing uh, I'm taking at that last half hour test was uh, more time for Alex Lowry and a debut for Charlie McCann. Now, when young players come into the side, they can look you know, a little bit overawed. Don't think that was the case for either. Or they can look a little bit like they're trying too hard and their touch isn't there or whatever. The thing that struck me about Lowry's first team minutes uh, and struck me about McCann at the weekend was you've no feels on technique and instantly I think you can tell if a player has ability whether or not they're, they're playing well it is things like touch movement etc both of these boys clearly have that that's not anything we need to worry about but I also think they they exude a certain type of confidence that you need if you're going to succeed at Rangers Mate, all three of the young players who came on were in that bracket. Because I, I mean, I've, I've spoken before, I really rate Leon King very highly. I just think he's got a look about him. I've, I, I don't want to call it arrogance, but it sort of is. Probably belief. Uh, he's, he's just got that presence about him. And I, I can see him being a player in future, mate. But obviously, the main ones were Larry, who we've seen already when he scored against um, Sterling Albion and pretty much ran the show, um, and, and, and Charlie McCann. So it's it's incoming. Obviously, we've brought uh, McCann in from uh, United over the summer, whereas King and Larry were ours anyway. 
Uh, but I think it, it's it, it's positive for the academy that they, they would have just seen Patterson go for big bucks. Uh, granted, Patterson was never first us in the first team, but that's because he's got the, the, one of the best players in Scotland ahead of him. That's not his fault. But they've seen that the pathway does exist. Um, I think one thing that you can definitely see with the youngsters, the, the, any youngsters who've who've been in and around the first team squad the past couple of years, is the attitude. Um, I think that as, as well as giving them a ground and in skills in football, they're teaching them how to be decent people as well. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the attitude and the application yeah. is spot on. You know, you, I mean, obviously we've got um, the, the, the B team coverage on, on Patreon, which is I'd recommend anybody check out. But what, what you know, what one thing that does keep coming back from that consistently is the attitude and application of the players. Then the, you know they don't take it lightly. They they want to succeed. They know they're at a big club. They know that the pressure is there on them to perform. But they also know that the pathway is there for them too. They're working with the best coaches in Scotland, the best facilities in Scotland, the biggest team in Scotland. You know the opportunity is there for them. So to see the likes of King when he gets his minutes, which is a little bit too rare for my like, and especially as now he's a first, he's in the first team squad. But when a Charlie McCann comes up, takes his chance. Larry's taken his chance against uh, Sterling Albion, and again on Saturday. And it's again, it, 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 it's very encouraging to see that the academy is now starting to bear fruit. And you know, I do look forward to five, ten years time when the majority of our starting eleven are made up from the academy. It's a strange thing, Caroline, but over the years that I've been going to see Rangers, which is since, what, 1985, that in all that time, I can only really remember us bringing through one attacker, and that was Robert Fleck very early on. And after that, it's never really been a position that we have greatly excelled at bringing players at the youth system. Now, obviously, goalkeeper Alan McGregor, a wonderful midfielder in Barry Ferguson, um, and there's been, you know, defenders have come through over the time, but I wonder if there's an extra pressure at a big club about being a creative player. Now, neither of these boys are, are forward, but they're number 10s, midfield types. You know, they, they're good on the ball. They look to get forward and make things happen. There is a pressure, I think. Chris Burke came through, but never really translated it into, you know, what we thought he was capable of when we first saw him. And I, I do think that it's even more difficult at a, a big club where there isn't a lot of patience and fans will say if someone isn't creating Look, look, pick someone who is and or go and get someone who is oh, 100% and we even see it with the kind of professionals that we might pick up elsewhere like for example with Scott Wright he's an experienced professional was doing well in the SPFL and it hasn't quite worked out or translated for him he's not got the time and the luxury um, afforded to him at Rangers that he might have elsewhere to kind of maybe build up and, and get up to speed and for the young players, it's, it's no different. I think it might be a little easier on them if they're kind of breaking through and starting to, to get a few minutes under their belts. But nevertheless, there is a, a finite amount of time where they'll be able to feature and grab the attention and, and build upon that and get more and more time. So I think hearing Lowry and McCann speak and then just really being so appreciative of them getting their um, opportunity and being so keen to build upon that and um, see where that leads is all you can hope for because, yeah, as, as nice as it is at a club like Rangers, um, you do need to make a, a good first impression quickly or it's not going to work out. I don't think that Alex Lowry in particular could could really have done much more. He's done that. Uh, and more importantly, I think when you, you arrive at a club, you buy yourself, or, or at Rangers, you arrive into the consciousness uh, at Rangers, you buy yourself time if you have some eye-catching things early doors. People will say, all right, I've seen enough to to be patient, 
to, to bear with the person and and I, I think that gives you space to develop because it's unrealistic to expect any youngster to come out of the team and just hit the ground running and be brilliant from then on. It doesn't work like that. They need to learn. Um, and I think, though, that if you've got the fans on side before uh, you make your mistakes, I think it's they're a great deal more forgiving. On that, though, Tess, you know, Caroline mentioned a name there, Scott Wright, and one of the, you know, the, 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 the kind of themes after the match was a lot of people commenting on he didn't take his chance and he didn't take his chance again. That he, he has had opportunities under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. He did arrive last year in, in a good time for the club. You know, we were hurtling towards the title and he arrived, got probably more game time than I think we expected, usually from the bench where he did impress, just the thing I was talking about there and, and a lot of people had high hopes for him. Start of the season, you know, kicks off with that goal against... Uh, it kicks off with that goal against Livingston and you think, oh, right, here we go. He's going to snatch his chance, but got injured, which doesn't help, to be fair. But he's been back a wee while now. Manager has used him, you know, clearly a player that the manager sees something in, but not really delivering. And I think that, that Saturday, for a lot of supporters, there was a sense of, OK, well, when is he going to? He's not done enough for me, mate, at all. And I'd be looking to move him on in the summer, uh, unfortunately. I think when, when he came in, uh, he came in pretty much with absolutely no pressure on him because we were, however many points Clare were in January, uh, we're looking pretty much spot on for winning the title. Although, you get, don't get me wrong, the games had to be played and won. But we were looking pretty good for it. So, he had the chance to come in, show what he could do. Um, oh, I, don't, I don't want to say there was no pressure because clearly there was because the title meant so much but we were in a very commanding position so you know he, he, had, he had time to express himself and bed himself in and we all thought do you know what there's a player in there he looks decent uh, Livingston first game of the season he scored he's not played too badly you're thinking yeah Cal, you know starters mean to go on lads but he's just not kicked on he's just not kicked on and like you say, he's had an injury. He's been a wee bit unlucky with that. But he's a young lad. He's resilient. He should be coming through that kind of thing. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's not kicked on. He's, he's not giving his enough. He's not showing his enough. You know, he's, he's, his end product is very much lacking. Yeah. Uh, his, his decision-making isn't the best. Uh, and no, and those the, those are the things that you could... You, you, your end product, you can improve because you can work on your crossing and your shooting. But your decision-making, you're either intelligent... You've either got that football intelligence or you haven't, and he mm. doesn't seem to have it. And again, I really hope he proves me wrong and he, he, he his form picks up and he goes on to have a great Rangers trophy aid and Rangers career. I really hope he proves me wrong and it's nothing against him personally, but sadly, I, I, I just don't think he's, he's, he's a, if it be his mentality or his standard of his football, but I just sadly don't think he's at the level required for Rangers Football Club. Tess makes an interesting point there, Caroline, which is about you can come in and impress. And I, although there was differences, you know, age and the fact one was signing, Glenn Middleton is another one. You come in and you impress. But what happens then is expectations go up. So when when you first arrive in a team like Scott Wright did, like Middleton did, people go, oh, you know, great. You know, that's a bit different. I'm quite impressed by that. But then they start to look to you and say, right, well, what's next? What, 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 what are you going to follow that up with? That. We want better than that. That's a good start, but you need to go up a level. And a lot of players suffer from it. A lot of players struggle with it, as we mentioned earlier, particularly attacking players. And I agree with Ted. I think it is decision-making. I don't think he makes good decisions. Um, and it, it doesn't matter how good 
your crossing and shooting ability is if you're doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, then that's an issue. Uh, he's a very intelligent lad in in real life. You know, he's very well spoken, very clever chap. So it, it's that football intelligence that that Tess talks about, and he is getting towards that crossroads now. Where at the moment, I I tend to think of him at best as an impact sub. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's probably the same in, in my view too. And I'd hope that with the change of coach and coaching staff that he might pick up something that would help that decision making. Because it's always that, you know, is it something you've naturally got or is it something that you can work on and hone and improve? And yeah, with with kind of Geo and team coming in, I've not seen any improvement in that area, which is what's stopping him from becoming you know, a great player and, and someone who could really fight for a jersey week in, week out. Because at the moment, you're right, he's only someone that you'd consider as potentially off-the-bench impact player. And actually, realistically, I've not even got the faith now, like I maybe once had, that he would give you that impact off the bench anymore. I don't know if we could even rely upon that now. Um, so it is a shame. Um, but we've seen many's a good player at Rangers fall into that same trap and some of them go on to have great careers elsewhere. It's just an incredibly difficult club to to get it right at. Yeah, I mean, I was I was struck watching the highlights on Saturday night. Um, Jordan Jones scored an absolute wonderful goal for St Mirren, and that's maybe the difference between playing for a St Mirren or a Kilmarnock or an Aberdeen or a Rangers. If you do that maybe once every so often at these clubs, because the expectation is different, then you're lauded for it. You're the skillful player who can do that. But at Rangers, we're like, yeah, that. That doesn't that doesn't wash, you know. Doing it once every yeah. kind of six games isn't isn't enough for us. We we want that on a weekly basis. Um, and, and you know we we hold all the players to account. I mean, I think Ryan Kenson's a disappointing season. Um, and we know what he's capable of. Um, he's been a wee bit more like in the last few games, but uh, he you know his numbers were were not good enough for a player of his ability. And I think that that's that's definitely been. Something that that we've noticed again, injuries played a part early on the season, so you you do have to take that into account. But I'm expecting Ryan Kent to come roaring through towards the end of the season. I think he really needs to be a big player for us. So all in all, uh, a pretty good night, a pretty good uh, uh, result in terms of we we rested all the key players ahead of Thursday night when obviously we travelled to to Dortmund. We bit of a contrast in those two fixtures, and uh, we were able to get minutes into the legs, you know, not just Helander, but Davis, Ramsey, Diallo even, guys who hadn't played an awful lot. Zakowski, the the young fullback, came in and I thought did, did particularly well. So all in all, uh, a pretty successful evening. Because Tess, we have got to start doing better in Cups. Our Cup record is, in all honesty, for Rangers the last three years, abysmal. Pathetic's the word I use, mate. It's not good enough. It's it, it's weak. It's inexcusable. It's the same things happening year after year in the court. I mean, when we went through that spate of losing in the semi-finals, there was the Motherwell one, the Aberdeen one. Awful. We got to the final against Celtic. We could still be playing now. We'd not have scored. You know, last season, for me, was the worst because we were far and away the best team in Scotland. It's one of the, it is going to go down as one of the best teams in Rangers history. Um, if they retain the title, that is if it's a flash in the pan, maybe not, but there is no reason at all that with our uh, biggest rivals in disarray on and off the pitch, 
The rest of Scottish football can't hold a candle to us. We should have won the treble last season, mate. That we didn't is 100% down to the players and the management staff at the time. It's on them. It's on them. Uh, you're expecting a reaction from them in the Cups this season. And uh, Hibs happened. Obviously, the timing of Gerard's departure didn't really help that. But there was a malaise around the club, around the, around our play anyway. So... You know, maybe that was a factor, maybe it wasn't. But we have got to win that Scottish Cup this season, mate. We've got to. You know, it, it's it's 2009 since we last won the Scottish Cup. It's 2000... I'm not counting the Petrofac Cup. It's 2011 since we last won a, domestic, a, a, a cup. Um, we've got to win it. Um, that My doomsday scenario, and I don't even know why I'm saying this, but my doomsday scenario is come May... They've won the league, and it's us against them in the final. We've got to beat them to stop them winning the trouble, and they beat us because we bottle it again. I, I can see it in my head, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm confident that we are going to retain the title, but I've just got that doomsday scenario in my head, mate, and it ain't going to go away till they get knocked out. But we've we, we've got to just start showing what we can do and what we're capable of, because it's not like we're asking for the world. You know, they, they, they've shown last season that they're capable of beating anybody and beating them well. They've shown this season that we can, we can play well, we can go to places like Tynecastle and Easter Road and do the business. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's no excuses for our cup form the past couple of years now. In the Scottish Cup this season, they've done what was asked. The a very committed press performance home to Stirling. Well, Sterling wasn't great, but they got the job done in the end. Saturday was very committed and professional. The attitude was spot on. We'd won the game after 35, 40 minutes. Job done. We'll see who we get in the draw tonight. Don't really fancy a trip to Parkhead, not going to lie to you. Other than that, mate, I'll take anybody anywhere and we'll go there and we'll beat them. But we have got to get this Albatross around our next mate. We've got to win that Scottish Cup because now it is a thing. If we wouldn't have won the league last season, then the the Cup exits wouldn't have looked so bad. But because we were so dominant, because we'd swatted Celtic aside like a fly several times already that season, because nobody could, could get anywhere near us, we should have won the trouble. So now that the cup the cup thing is a thing, it was before, but especially after last season, it is a massive problem and it is going to be weighing on people's minds. So we have got to win. We retain the title as a first thing, clearly, but we have got to win that Scottish Cup this season, mate, because 13 years without winning it, it's it's especially when you, when you look at the standard of Scottish football, it's only really Celtic. Everyone else is shy, do you know what I mean? 13 years without winning that cup for a team of our... For, for Rangers... Yeah. Especially with the players we've got now, mate, it's not good enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are obviously reasons uh, in the middle of that, but I do go back to the last three years uh, and say, nah, we should be doing better. And of course, it was a, a rather calamitous Cup semi-final performance this year. And there's just been too many of those. There's just been too many horror shows in the Cups. You know, last season, St. Johnson, St. Mirren, um, you know, the season before that, yeah, we were unlucky in the League Cup final, but Scottish Cup at Tynecastle, we were woeful. And it, it, it's just been too long. It's just been far too, too many. Now, Test did mention, that uh, he's he's been in a bit of a bad mood lately, and that's because uh, his other team, Derby, of course, are going through a situation very similar to the one that we found ourselves in ten years ago today on uh, February the fourteenth, two thousand and twelve. Caroline, it's it, it doesn't do to to dwell in on the past, and I try not to live too much in it. But I think sometimes you do need to sit and take stock and look at where we were and where we've come back to 
And I think that you do need to maybe take a little bit of time to smell the roses and appreciate it. And it's something that I think that it became you know, very potent uh, throughout that because there were so many, so many bad memories, so many bad days, so many times where the worst thing for any football fan, I think, is when they take away hope. You should always have hope as a football fan. You can have a bad team, that, that can happen. Uh, you can have owners that are, you know, make mistakes after mistake after mistake, that can happen. But when people who are in charge of a football club are evil and are trying to run it into the ground, then that's different because it just it, it, it takes away the, the the ability you have to go, it'll get better. And I think it's a huge testament to the Rangers support that we managed to do that throughout that entire period. Yeah, and as supporters, to a certain extent, you're helpless because the way that we were treated by the rest of Scottish football from being put down to, to the bottom tier um, was awful to begin with. But then to have custodians at your club who don't have the club's best interests at heart, but it's self-interest and it's self-promotion and it's financial reasons. You know, you're helpless as a fan, really, to stop that. And you have a few things at your disposal. You might be able to to kind of vote with your feet, if you like, and maybe withhold your season ticket money and, and whatnot. And I know that we did have protests that probably helped a little bit along the way. But it's that trade-off. You have to give up something that you absolutely adore. And the prospect of that for some people is, is just not palatable and I don't blame people who you know couldn't bring themselves to boycott the club or the team during that time um, because it's an awful decision to have to make so yeah for us and, and I like it's almost poetic in fact that you can look back and say 10 years ago today you know that whole nightmare kick-started and look at us now 10 years later we won what was undoubtedly the most important title in Scottish football of the decade and we're about to play Dortmund this week um, in Germany. It's just, it's poetic to think about what has happened in that time and what we've had to fight to get or fight through to get back to this point. And we can look back and go, there's lots of that I don't want to recall ever again. But there's actually a lot we can look back on and go, we would never have got to this point if it wasn't for the scale of our club and the size of the fan base. And there's lots to be proud of from that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, people like Dave King, people like George Levin, people like Douglas Park, uh, I'll always be so fond of them for what they, they did for the club. And I think that sometimes sometimes we get accused on here, of being, oh, you're very pro-board. Well, yeah, I am, because I've seen what happens with an evil board. Um, I've seen what happens before that with a disinterested board. Uh, that's not to say I think that this board get everything right, but I think they've got the best interest of Rangers at heart and that reasonably as I think all you can ask for and I think when people try and and look for reasons uh, that's maybe a difference I don't go and look for reasons if something obvious slaps me in the face then yeah I'll I'll have a problem with them but uh, I tend to think that you need to be grateful for what you have because there could be far far worse people running Rangers than than the current lot Uh, I'll tell you that and you don't need to to look too far back to to realise that and Tess of course I feel a bit like I'm intruding a wee bit on private grief here because uh, after having to go through that 10 years ago you've been forced to go through it currently as as we speak with Derby It's different to 10 years ago when Rangers went into administration 10 years ago it was one of the worst days of my entire life I'm not I put a 
apart from losing family members, nothing has come close to topping that because at, at the time Rangers were very much a crutch for me. I was I was in a very bad I was in a toxic relationship. I was in a very bad period in my life. I was in a my job had gone to shit. I was living in London on my own, so I'd nobody nobody really to confide in. And it was honestly for for four years on and off, mate. It was Rangers that got me through. It was the European run in two thousand and eight. It was looking forwards to getting back and watching the matches with my mates in Derby. It was looking forward to some trips to Glasgow. Obviously, the fact they were winning everything at the time that puts a smile on your face as all. Well. But Rangers, that, that's when I really, really, really fell in love with Rangers. In, in that period, in, in, in the late noughties, really, really became a huge part of my life. So on that Valentine's Day, you I mean, obviously, there'd, there'd, been, there'd been whispers leading up to it. But on that Valentine's Day, I, I can't explain how I f- it, 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 it was like a death because you, 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 you're just full of fear because you don't know what the future's going to hold. And already you're feeling grief like you've lost something because you feel like it's being taken away from you. Something that, you know, it means so much. It binds our communities. It, it's something that brings people together. But something to you, to me, in our hearts, it's it holds such a huge place. And to not have that anymore, it would have been, you know, to lose it, it it's unthinkable. And, you know, obviously the, 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 the 10 years between that and us, well, the nine years between that and us winning the league again were... You know, it was a roller coaster, but we got there. We're out of now. We, we we can look back on that, and like I say, I'll never forget that. I was I was I was it, like I say, I was I was quite emotional. I was at work at the time, but you know, I was quite emotional when when the news came through because it, it was devastating. It was partly because like I say, I'd, I'd I'd invested so much into Rangers because for a lot of the time it, it was the crux that was keeping me up because everything else in my life had pretty much gone to shit. Um, and also just the, just the, the the fear, not knowing and what's going to happen and the confusion and you know it, it was it was horrible grasping for answers and you know everywhere you look people are trying to stick the boot in the media didn't help didn't you know no one's been able to account for it not by the media by the authorities by the government by the police nobody we, we were literally stood on our own it was the rangers fans the rangers community together it was us against the world and you know the more people tried to kick us and kick us they did mate and they still try to now the more they tried to kick us the worse it was because we were Granted, when we get making our way back through the leagues and getting our strength back, it was fine. But then we were absolutely on our arses, mate. And everyone was on up to pop socks at us. And that made it even worse. You know, there are friendships that I'd had since childhood that ended around about that time. Both, you know, people in Derby, people from work who obviously I'd not known that long. But there were friendships that ended because, you know, people taking glee in my absolute despair. I can't think of any way to put it. It was absolute despair. The thought of losing my football club, mate, there's nothing worse. It was horrific. But yeah, again, I, I, I said to you that, that it's a wee bit different with Derby because I've not got that. So that one of the worst things about what happened with Rangers 10 years ago was the not knowing. Now I know. But in a way that makes it worse because, you know, what's going on with Derby, people are celebrating because the thing with Boris has been cleared and Christ, people are also happy that Mark Assey might take over. God knows what's going through their minds. But... And I know how it's going to play out. And until we're bought out, Derby is still in danger of being liquidated. But I know that now. With Rangers, I didn't. So that not knowing isn't there. But it's, you know, the Derby situation is different in a lot of ways because I think Derby County to the city of Derby means more than Rangers to the city of Glasgow. 
because there's a lot going on in Glasgow and Derby there isn't it's pretty much all we've got so you what one thing that is positive is the whole town I mean I was I was driving to Mum's house yesterday on the other side of town and I went past several billboards saying save Derby County and local firms and the council paying for it and it's brilliant it's really brought us together and if there's one thing that does come out of it because I, I do think Derby will survive now but if there's one thing that will come out of it we feel like we've got our football club back you know I've, I've said before both privately in, in WhatsApp conversations with you lot and, and elsewhere, people don't realise how big and what, what Rangers are, but Rangers are built on success. You know, that, that it's what we crave, it's it's what drives the club on. We, Rangers are, you know, so, so different from normal provincial football clubs. They're huge, they're enormous. And, you know, the, the, the points of reference are so different but, different, but with a provincial team like a derby, you know, it's, it, it's, it's more of a community thing. It's the whole town. So one thing is I feel like I've got my football club back, which is nice. But again, knowing how bad it felt 10 years ago, luckily for me personally, I've, I've got a great job now. I'm a lot more settled in my life and it's not affected me as much. But that fear still there. And again, I think that the, the fear, the not knowing, all them feelings that we all went through 10 years ago, mate, to be doing it again, it's it's horrific. But I, 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 look, at, I look at Rangers, like I say, 10 years ago, we were on our arse, mate. Everybody in all positions of society in Scotland line up to kick us in the stones. But look at us now. We're the reigning champions and we go we go to play one of the biggest teams in Europe on Thursday. We've come back, you know what I mean? We, we, we are back now. A lot of that is thanks to Dave King uh, for, for, for rescuing us because that's what he did. A lot of that's down to Stephen Gerrard and his staff because they gave us our Rangers back on the on the pitch. They gave us our dignity back in Europe, a dignity which really we've never had. We've never consistently performed well in Europe. It's only when Gerard came in that, that became yeah, the not expectation. Not anyway. yeah, yeah, oh, not yeah, exactly, mate, yeah. yeah. So, you know, Rangers are back now. So I, I just take hope and I take comfort from the fact that, yeah, Rangers, we had, we had a really tough one to get back. But, you know, for Derby in the city of Derby, we should look to Rangers. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of friendships have been made over the, the three friendlies that the two teams have had. And there's been a lot of messages from support from, from Glasgow and all over Scotland. And again, I think Rangers is the example for any club in trouble. Yes, the times are going to be hard and they're going to get a little bit harder. But if you, if you persevere and you stick with them, you'll come through it. Yeah, I mean, I remember at the time it happened and I'd spent, you know, a large part of my life at that point, you know, fighting against David Murray and trying to prevent something like this happening and and even I who you know had braced myself for years that it could get bad never thought it would get as bad as it did um and it is it's that fear and and again I go back to people say well you're very optimistic about Rangers and it's like because I I remember the feeling of what happens if this isn't there what happens if this goes you know this is such a huge part of my life that I, you know, what fills it and the fear of that and then there's the emotional side of your friends and, and the pain they're going through and the memories because it's not just Ibrox the football stadium it's Ibrox where I went to with my dad and where I went to with my granddad and where I've taken my nephew and where uh, you know I want him to take his kids when he's old enough and it's all of that was was piled together into this fear and then I think as well that we can be a little naive I think um, that we sometimes expect because we're decent people we expect other people to be decent and then when you get people like you know the bastards who were in charge for three years um, it's hard to get your brain around like they're doing this deliberately you know they are deliberately doing this even though it's causing so many people such pain and I think that was hard for us to to get our head around so 
yeah, probably I'm optimistic. But it was optimism I needed to to get me through that because otherwise I've no idea how I would have. I have I genuinely have no idea because it was waking up to a kick in the balls at breakfast, a kick in the balls at lunchtime, and then one on your way home for your dinner, and it never really let up for months and months and months, and then gradually it it, it just kept happening. And and I think that the range of support as a, as a collective deserves a lot of credit for keeping going and keeping fighting and keeping pushing and yeah keep demanding and you're absolutely right with the, the guys you picked out um that the, the, what they did for the club was absolutely enormous so i i think sometimes people will say to me well you know are you not worried about this no nah, not really you know because it's not the end of the world where we were maybe wasn't the end of the world but you could see it from where we were and when you get that close to it I think it's very difficult then not to be able to put things in context after it. So, yeah, while I'm as raging as anybody else, when we lose a last-minute goal at Ross County or we play the way we did in that first 45 at Parkhead, I have a new appreciation for what this means, you know, what this means historically, what it means in terms of the past and the future and who we are collectively as a people and as a group. And one of the things that I love about the Rangers support in the last 10 years is after being very fractured, and it was very fractured before then, because David Murray deliberately had infantilised us. He'd made himself the daddy and we were just the children and we couldn't think for ourselves. And that that, that was deliberate on his part. And he was very good at divide and conquer, very good at putting fans, because if they were fighting each other, they weren't fighting him. I don't think that happens now. I think the fans collectively are much closer and they realise that you shouldn't be fighting each other when we've got enemies out with. If you are the type of Rangers fan that spends his time fighting other Rangers fans, don't think they, that, that fans don't see that. And they think less of you. They don't think less of the person you're targeting. They think less of you. And I think in my personal case, the reaction to what happened to us with the record this year was absolute proof of that. The way that people came together and just helped us and and yeah we've got a very loyal fan base and very loyal subscribers but it was bigger than that it was it was more than that it was people who maybe had never listened to a podcast but they saw rangers fans in trouble and they came to help and to me that's the the one positive the one positive that came out of that period was that you know what they say it takes a lot of pressure to make a diamond well that's what happened with the rangers support it's always been huge, it's always been loyal, but now it's together. And that, to me, is the legacy that I choose to take from the last 10 years. And again, Caroline mentioned earlier, it was the most important league title in, in my lifetime. You know, I won't say our history, I can't vouch for the ones I wasn't there for, but certainly in my lifetime it was. And for us to have returned to where we were, in fact, healthier because let's you know the last couple of titles under Walter, the miracles Walter Smith worked to get us those titles with everything that was going on off the field was a shambles. Well, not a shambles now. We are you know areas we can get a lot better in, hundred percent. But I get the impression that at least we're trying, and that matters because I watched as under Murray they stopped trying, and then under White they deliberately uh, White and Green etc. They deliberately went the other way. So for me. I sit here today incredibly proud to be a Rangers supporter, incredibly proud of the Rangers support and incredibly proud of Rangers FC because to have come through the travails that we did was absolutely remarkable and it's something that we'll speak about forever. We won't live in the past, we won't you know, go back and wallow in it, but 
will always point to that and say, yeah, but we came back and not many could have. Right, folks, that will do us this week on Heart and Hand. We will, of course, be back later in the week on Friday. Uh, Adam will be here with Heart and Hand Extra because we have the, the matter of Borussia Dortmund ahead. Quick predictions, and please be honest with me. Caroline, are we going to go through this tie? <laughs> um, it will take a minor miracle, but if we can go over there and get a draw, then you never know. So I think I will be hoping and praying that we go over there and leave ourselves with a chance for when we come back to Ibrox. Very diplomatic. Tess? It's all about next week for me, matey. Um, they're, they're, there's only, they've not got their famous yellow wall on Thursday. There's only 10,000 there. Next week at a full Ibrox, mate, we, we saw against Braga what, what that place can do. So if, if, if we get beat four or five nil on Thursday, it's done. But anything less than four, even three, it'll make me concern it round. I'm I'm starting to get the battle fever now. I'm looking forward to getting back up, seeing my pals go in the match. Huge targets, one of the biggest teams in the world. So I'm not going to make a prediction for Thursday in terms of score. But what I'm going to say is the teddy bear is going to go through the tie. I hope you're both right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It will be a hell of an achievement if we're able to get past this this side. Um, they're, They're not bad. But... I, you never know. I've just sat there and spoke about how we've, we've come back from worse. So I certainly uh, won't be ruling us out. Right, folks, thanks for joining us. Remember, you can hear a lot more from us and from Tess and from Caroline over on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. We're from just 150 per month. You can join up and listen to a great deal of Rangers content. And I'd just like to thank our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. I'll be back with you on here next Monday. Until then, have a fabulous week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.